Pastor John, it's so nice of you to be here with us today. (laughs) Pastor John was camping this weekend, so with the boys, they froze. When uh, so yesterday I talked to him, he said there was ice inside the tent, and my response was, "I love not camping. <laughs> I just don't mind at all. I'll just stay home and do something. I don't know." Uh, well, I'm excited to be here this morning. Love what God's doing in us as a people, and. Uh, you know, I don't have a ton to share, but I have some. I want to want to just share a little bit of vision and a little bit of uh, just get you get you excited this morning for Jesus. OK, uh, you know, we've been I, I've just been like thinking about how good God is and who we are as as his people and specifically as this family. God, what are what are we what are we really going to called to do? What are we, what does that look like for us? And what are specific things that you've just burned in our hearts? I've just been like in this place with the Lord. And for the last couple of months, we've been um, camped out in acts, just focusing on barriers that were broken when the Holy spirit was poured out. And so the event in Acts 2 was just like a real game changer, not only for the believers in that story, but for all believers today. Um, and so today I want to talk a little bit about the kingdom of God and advancing the kingdom, because that was the whole point of the Holy Spirit being poured out, was to break all of these barriers. And that's that's still God's plan. And the reason is because he wants people to come to know him. And so, like, God's plan is for the whole church to take the whole gospel to the whole world. And there is no plan B. That is the plan. And so, uh, that's something that every church, every believer, I'm not talking about just living way four square, the whole church taking the whole gospel to the whole world. That that's God's plan. And there, there's no other option. There's, there's no plan B. And so how are we going to do that? What is that going to look like uh, for us? And so I just want to talk about the kingdom of God. And this can be like a churchy term that gets thrown around a lot uh, and never really explained. You know, you just like talk about the kingdom of God and let's be kingdom people or kingdom minded, or let's have kingdom focus or, you know, and, and you go to a church and everybody's talking about the kingdom and you're like, that sounds cool, but I have no idea what that even means. Uh, so the whole, you know, so what is the kingdom? The definition is the spiritual realm over which God reigns as king or the fulfillment on the earth of God's will. So when we talk about advancing the kingdom, we're talking about releasing God's will on the earth or bringing the reality of heaven and heaven's realm, the spiritual realm, into our earthly reality. So think about all of the things that exist in heaven, healing, joy, peace, goodness, right? All those things. Uh, then if we're going to advance the kingdom, that term just simply means that we're going to make into a reality what heaven looks like on this earth. And that, that was the whole point of, of breaking through all of the barriers. You know, like when the Holy Spirit poured out, what happened is there was a whole new system, a lifestyle, a new covenant, or a, a way of life put into place. And it comes down to the one reason to advance the kingdom of God, to make heaven look more or to make earth look more like heaven. And so, uh, we, we actually can do this. 
That this isn't just like the Bible stories where you get to watch people or Jesus or whatever you read about. Jesus went and healed the sick. That's the kingdom of God being advanced on the earth. I like to, if you think about kingdoms, you know, that's not something that we really have here uh, in America. But uh, if you watch movies and there's like, the, like battle movies and you think about the way that they march into battle and they're carrying a flag uh, with them, you know, and if they're going into fresh territory, you know, before the world was largely conquered, people would just go on these quests and they would just claim land and territory for their kingdom, and they would just stake it and say, okay, we discovered this land and this now belongs to England or this now belongs to Spain and this is part of that kingdom. And uh, and so if we're talking about advancing the kingdom, if you think of that in the spiritual term of we're all a part of an amazing group of people in a kingdom, we're a part of a kingdom in the spirit realm and God is the king. And we get to be the, the people who go out and explore and look for a new territory and put the flag in and say, I'm marking this for my king. See, when you walk into a workplace that has no believers in there and you step in carrying peace and joy and hope and you begin to attract people and lead them to Jesus, you're staking your claim and you're advancing the kingdom into territory where it's never ruled before. So when you pray for a sick body and it's healed, you're advancing the kingdom of God in territory that it no, it, it didn't have rule over until you declared it and it came to pass. And so that's what, that's what we're talking about. And we can do this because Jesus gave us authority to do it. And he actually commissioned us to do it. There's this like famous section in the Bible called the Great Commission. And uh, it, it's really good. And it's to his believers. And you can read it in a lot of different places. I'm going to uh, switch over to Mark real quick. And we're just going to look at that. If I can get there in my Bible here. So Jesus' last thing that he tells his disciples before he ascends into heaven, he's died, he's resurrected, he spends time talking about the kingdom, uh, and, and he's telling the believers, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. And these miraculous signs will will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. Uh, They can handle snakes with safety. And they can drink anything poisonous and it won't hurt them. And they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. And there's this whole idea here of authority where Jesus is saying, I'm leaving. And then uh, in another account, he's telling him, wait for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to be poured out. And that's like the empowerment part to help us take uh, the to advance the kingdom. But he, he's saying right here, listen, you can go into all the world and preach the good news. Lay your hands on the sick, cast out demons. That all is what advancing the kingdom looks like in the great commission. And the other thing is Jesus, Jesus gives us keys to the kingdom. See, we have authority in, in the spirit to actually unlock things or to lock them up if they need to be. Uh, if you, one of my most favorite passages, I've probably preached on this passage or mentioned it in a sermon more than anything else is in Matthew 16. It's one of my most favorite, uh, stories in the Bible. 
And it starts in verse 13. And Jesus is hanging out with his disciples and he, he comes to them and says, who, who do people say that I am? He's just like throwing this question out. And so the disciples start answering. Some say that you're, you're John the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah. Uh, you know, some say Jeremiah. Some say a prophet of old. Uh, whatever it is, this is what people say of you. And Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter speaks up and he says, you're the anointed one, the son of God. And this is the first time it's just been like declared plainly, like this is who you are. And Jesus said, you're favored and privileged, Peter. For you didn't discover this on your own, but my father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. I give you the name Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the power of death will not be able able to overpower it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And now one thing that I'd never noticed, we had a teaching on this at women's retreat. If you, if you look in lots of different translations, um, one thing that, that some of them actually leave out is the idea here. It can also be translated that which you forbid on earth must be that which is already forbidden in heaven. And that which you permit on earth must be that which is already permitted in heaven. It's just like the language a little bit is different. And so when you think about um, binding and loosing and some of those things, and we're like, oh, yeah, I can just release anything. The idea here is that when you get the keys to the kingdom, which is a sign of authority, then you can bind whatever is already bound in heaven. You can loose whatever is already loosed in heaven. So what's available in heaven, that's what you get to loose on earth. You don't get to just like make up, you know, like I'm losing cotton candy because I think that's really cool. Or, you know, I mean, uh, I think it's just good to note, like whatever is already available and loosed in heaven is what you get the keys to use to unlock here in the earthly realm is healing in heaven. Yes. Is peace in heaven? Yes. Is goodness in heaven? Yes. Is there revelation in heaven? Yes. All those things, those are things that we get the opportunity and that we have the authority to release on heaven. And then whatever's bound in heaven is what we can bind here. And so mostly you think about like these positive things, these negative things, this is how we're going to, we're going to do that. But I loved that little twist on that to say it's, it's what already has been loosed or bound in heaven. That's what we get access to, uh, because it's already been done. And then we just get the keys. It's like, if I give you, uh, if I give you my set of keys, um, I actually know where they are right now. Let's everyone be impressed. Uh, you know, uh, if I gave Chris right here, my keys, um, but he doesn't know where my house is or, 
where my car is, these keys do him nothing good because he doesn't know what he can use. He doesn't know what he has authority to drive or what house he has the authority to enter, right? But if I give him my keys, I'm saying, uh, you have the authority to drive my car and you have the authority to enter my home, right? And so when Jesus is saying this to his disciples, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. It's a sign of authority. And that's not just like this one time thing. I really believe that Jesus is saying, Hey, I went, I, he, he died and he went to hell and took back the keys and then he's released them saying, here's my authority. These are the keys. You have access into my house. You have access to my car. You have access to take people somewhere in, in, in heaven. You have access to, to my house. Now that's the kind of key I want, but we can all walk around with keys and not, not know anything about what we're doing. I had this vision a really long time ago, uh, and it was, uh, it was kind of like a dream and there was a bunch of people, uh, and they were all believers and we were all sitting out on, on grass and just these beautiful hills. And there was this really large, amazing castle right in front that just had so many doors and all kinds of things. And, uh, and it was so cool. And there was like this invitation to come and nobody was coming because they said they couldn't get in, but every single person was just sitting on a key. They all had access. They all had been given a key to come into this very large castle and had been invited to take anything they wanted, uh, but nobody was going because they didn't, they didn't realize that they, that they could just use the key that they had been given. And sometimes that's, that's how the church can operate. And that's, that keeps us from taking heaven to earth, from loosing, because we just think, I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know how, I, I don't know where, I don't know what heaven is like. I don't know what, what I should be binding and loosing and all of those things. And you know what? That's fine. If you don't know how to advance the kingdom, the best way to do that is to get to know Jesus. Because then you'll know him. You'll know what he's like. If you don't know him, get to know him. Hang out with him. Read this book about him. And you will find out who he is, what he's about, the kind of things that are available uh, to believers, to the kind of things that are available in heaven. Because God is so good. And from the very beginning of time, he desired to have a relationship with his people. In the same way that he shared a relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And so he created people. And then, you know, sin just messed up everything. But from the moment that man failed and sin brought separation to that relationship, God made a plan, not only of redemption, but empowerment. So that every single person could be brought into relationship with him. And can we just know how good the good news is? It's not just about forgiveness. It's not just about redemption. It's also about empowerment. Like God's plan from the beginning, uh, from, from restoring mankind was to say, I want to redeem them and I want to forgive them, but I want to empower them. I want to make them live successfully. That's amazing. I just love that. You know, we're, we're called to be people who live that gospel out. 
who live from a place of not just redemption, but empowerment, and then who also give that gift to other people. That's what the kingdom of God is about. You know, Jesus spent so much of his time explaining the kingdom of God, what it looked like, how it operates. And it's pretty much upside down and backwards uh, from the way we operate in the natural. From all the things that I've read, it's pretty much like that. I mean, when you think about, it was like when when Greg was up here talking about generosity. You know, the, the, the way to get more is to give more. That doesn't make sense in our economy and in the natural way of doing things. If you want to be a leader in the kingdom, you have to be the best servant. If you want to be great, you have to become the least, you know, it's like everything is so different. Uh, God is more concerned about the inside, the way the inside looks than what the outside looks like. It's just all of those things. That's just a little bit opposite. And if you want to know what the kingdom looks like, read your Bible because Jesus was always saying the kingdom of heaven is like this. And he would tell a story, Hey, the kingdom of heaven is also like this. And it just gives you a piece to say, okay, so that's what, that's what the kingdom is about. And so then sometimes you won't be lost when you come to a church service and you hear people throwing around the kingdom, you know, you're like, Oh, I know what the kingdom is because I've read, I've read my Bible because I know the heart of Jesus. I know what his kingdom looks like. Get to know the kingdom by getting to know Jesus because Jesus is the kingdom. Jesus is the kingdom. So if you get to know him and you have him living on inside of you, you have the kingdom. You just need to get to know him. If you want to know the kingdom, get to know Jesus. So, you know, I know that we're called to be a people who advance the kingdom. We're called to be a people who take Jesus everywhere. That's really, if, if we wanted to, to summarize advancing the kingdom, these people who take Jesus everywhere. We're called to be people who see radical transformation in our own lives, but also in the lives of others. We're called to be people who host the presence of God well, making him welcome in our gatherings, in our hearts, and in our home. And so this morning, like, I really don't have much more than this, except for I want to cast a little more vision, and I want to share something with you that I share a lot, but I haven't shared the last couple of times. I want your spirit to stir with excitement at what God has for our future, because it's so good. It's so good. Fifteen years ago, I had a vision that I tucked away. It was very, it was very um, significant and real to me, and I had no idea what it meant. And then, like five years later, after that, I had the vision again. Same exact thing. And I thought I was making it up, and then a song turned on um, that was singing what I was seeing. So I was like, okay, maybe that's not just a coincidence. And then a couple of years after that, I was praying, saying, God, I, we just need, I just need to know. You know, we're, we're leading this church, and I want to just know what that looks like. What is your strategy for us? And do you know what? He gave me the same vision. <laughs> It's like, oh, hold on. I get it. I understand. I, I think I might know what you might be saying now. Uh, <laughs> it takes me a while sometimes. I don't know about you guys. Maybe you get it on the first time, but, uh, it was, it's a, it's a, it's a vision that we affectionately refer to around here as circles, lines, and tents. And if you've been a wa- been around a while, you know what I'm referring to. If you haven't, I want to, I want to share this with you. I had a vision. And, uh, pastor John and I were standing on this mountaintop. Now think of like the whole vision kind of has like 
a Lord of the Rings filter on it or something. Okay. So it's like that era, that feel, and it's like army. And so we're standing on a mountain and down below, um, is this entire camp, like an army camp of people in their warrior outfits. And we were standing up on the mountain and we were, then all these people down below would come into a line. They would just be in lines like you're sitting in right now. And we were up on the mountain and there was just this huge fire in front and it was amazing. And I was just like looking at it and we were kind of just giving instruction from the top of the mountain. And then, uh, suddenly the lines changed and they all went into small circles everywhere. But in the middle of the circle was a fire burning brightly and they would gather around these fires and then, uh, then the, the scene would shift again and all of the people would be in tents, lots and lots of tents on the outside of where the lines were just tents everywhere. They would go to their tents. And from where I was standing, I could see just like the flickering flame inside their tent, that there was fire inside their tent, keeping them warm and those things. And just over and over, I was watching this happen, just lines, circles, tents, lines, circles, tents. It was just like, like big army movements, you know, just like, I don't know how to describe it. It was really cool. And, and I began to just kind of look even closer and, you know, people would be gathered around the circles and, and then there would just be people off in the shadows that would come out of darkness and they would be pulled into the circles and brought in next to the fire. And they would just like sit with all of our little warriors around the fire and, uh, and they would be brought into that circle. They would be warmed up and then all of a sudden they would join and they would be in the line and then they would go to the circle and then they, they would like go to their own tent and their tent would come and be right next to all of ours. And it would have, it would like light a fire in it. I was like, that is so cool. And, and so I just had this thing just over and over and over. And what I really, I really believe that the Lord said, this is a vision for your church. This is really who you're called to be is we are called to be people. The fire represents the presence of God. If you, if you look throughout the Bible, when fire shows up, that's usually the presence of God. And so the idea here is that we have the presence of God that we carry with us and we host it well. See, some people come to the, so the line would be like the gatherings like this, like we're sitting in lines today. Circles would be like small groups when you're meeting with one or two people, Wednesday nights, uh, you know, just kind of small connections. And then, and then tents would be your home. And see, I think, I think the key here is that the fire goes with us wherever we go. Because we don't want to be a people who come and have a great time here with the presence of God burning in our lines and then go somewhere else, go back to our homes and not allow the presence of God to have full reign. Because that's not God's plan. God wants us to be healthy people in healthy relationships with healthy homes. And when we allow him to have access to our hearts, when we allow the fire of his presence to burn in every place we go to and we yield to that, it transforms us. See, we were never meant to be a people that just come and enjoy a good gathering on Sunday morning. I've seen this happen. I've watched people 
and they see outpourings of the Holy Spirit or whatever, and they come and they gather and they have fun and they laugh or they cry or they dance in the river or they do all the things and they live that life every week and they are so touched and their emotions are so moved, but they are never changed. And I just have to say, I don't want any part of that. I do want to enjoy God's presence. That is certainly one benefit. He wants us to enjoy his presence. He wants our feelings to be moved. He wants us to be full of joy in his presence. He wants us to encounter his spirit in those ways, whatever manifestation that looks like. But if it is not leading to deep inward transformation of who you are, then what is the point? Church is not a social club to make our feelings feel better. It is a a point of gathering together and allowing God Almighty to work on my heart, to corporately worship with those of you who are yielded to his presence too. And when I stand in front of here today, repenting for my Pharisee mindset on something, you know, you might be a Pharisee if that sometimes that comes back to haunt you when you preach that. Cause then God's really um, glad to tell me those things like, Hey, Ashley, you might be a Pharisee if right now you're thinking that. And I'm like, Tah. but See, I, I, I want to gather in his presence. And when his presence comes so strong, I want to be saying, God, I repent, change my heart, change my attitude, break me, God, you know, and, and when I'm having encounters like that, when I go home, I should be a better wife. I should be a better mom. Do you know that your encounters with Jesus should be changing your character, not just in a church service? You, you should be the same person worshiping Jesus here in this building as you are in your home, as you are talking to the, the people on the phone that are from another country. When you have a problem with some appliance, you should be the same person. I'm serious. You know, that'll test some Jesus in you, but You can be all kind and joyful here, and then you can go home and be the meanest, lousiest spouse, friend, person, human being, and that's not, that's not the real deal. See, that doesn't look like you having fire burning in your tent, hosting the presence of God. We're called to be people who are healthy people, healthy people. With healthy relationships. You know what? That means we can do conflict healthy. That means we can, we can walk through defeat in a healthy way. We can do all of these things. We can parent healthy even when it's not working out like we want it to. You know? Can I get an amen? Um, you know, like there's sometimes when that's all over me and I just have to go, God, I love you and you're enough and you, we can do this healthy. We can be in healthy relationships with each other, with our spouses, with the world, with our children. And every encounter with God, every exposure to the fire of God's presence should be fanning health into flame in our hearts. I hope that every single one of you can look back at your life and you think, man, I'm different than I was last year. I thought that was normal. Um, Because that's kind of just how I've always been. I had somebody come up to me. I spoke at a camp almost every year, whether it was leading a workshop or whatever. And I had this girl come up to me one time and she said, do you know what I love best about when you speak? And I was like, I have no idea. And she said, I love that every single year when you come, you the one thing that you say every single time is, I'm so different than I was last year. 
And I was like, I know you should be too. And she's like, I've never heard anybody say that. I've never thought about that. I've never seen a lot of people live that way. But see, everyone in this house should be able to look back at your life and think, man, I'm, I'm so much better than I used to be. This time last year, man, God, look at the work that you've done in me. Look at the way my character has changed. Look how much more patient I am. Look at the, the, the way I'm loving better. And that's not to just be like, I am so amazing. Look at what you've done. Uh, you know, that's not what I'm saying. That's what it's starting to sound like, but we should all have that. We should all be able to see the work of God in our lives. We should all be able to name the work of God in our lives and, and have have fruit beginning to show up in it. Be, having fruit, the kindness begins to show up when God is working on your heart, when you're walking in repentance all the time. Apparently that's all I'm doing this year. So that's why I'm calling you guys to that, I guess. I don't know. When I'm continually just walking in repentance, repenting, repenting, God, I'm so sorry. God point out what offends you in my heart. And then he does. And then you're like, man, I didn't even realize that was there. And you just begin to repent from it. See what begins to happen is I'm being transformed. I'm becoming more healthy. I'm allowing the fire of God. See now hosting the fire in your tent, in your circle and in our line doesn't mean that it's perfect. It doesn't mean that there's not conflict. It doesn't mean that there's not disappointment or all the things that happen in our homes, but there is a way to host the presence of God in your home and yield to it and allow him to be the leader of your home, to be aware that God is in your midst, in your tent. There's a way to honor him in the middle of that. And that's who we're called to be. We're called to be people who take Jesus everywhere. We're called to be people who see radical trans transformation in our own lives and in others. Cause that's the other thing is I might be radically transformed, but I sure want to give that away and make sure people around me are being radically transformed too. Because what is the whole point of the, of being here on the earth for the whole church to be taking the whole gospel to the whole world? That is the plan. That's the plan. We have to take Jesus everywhere and we have to do it well in a way that's yielded to his presence. I want his kingdom to advance in me first so that I can go and advance his kingdom on the earth. We have to be people who make him welcome, not just in our corporate gatherings here, but in our hearts and in our homes. Let's be that. Let's, let's press into the fire of God. And let it heal and transform us. Let's, let's just be healthy people. Let's have healthy relationships. Let's see our homes be the healthiest places in Midland, Texas. Let's march forward as an army, taking the enemy territory by force and advancing the kingdom of God in our community. Can you imagine what that would look like? I mean, think of what it looked like when just 12 people, when just 12 people said yes to this. We have, we have like it recorded here if you want to know what it looks like. And we have a lot more than 12. Imagine what our community would look like if we said yes to the fire of Jesus, if we submitted to him, if we yielded to him, and became the healthiest version of ourselves 
and allowed him to transform our home into a place of peace where his presence is reigning. What if we said, our mission is to advance the kingdom of God in Midland, Texas. Your kingdom come, your will be done in Midland as it is in heaven. What if we walked around this town into our grocery stores, into our neighborhoods, and we began to use the keys that we've been given and we started loosing everything that's already been loosed in heaven in Walmart and H-E-B and Target and my neighbor's home. What would it look like if I got my key out and started binding the things that have already been bound in heaven at Walmart and H-E-B and my neighbor's home? What if we lived like that with the fire burning in us, with authority in our hands to say, Midland is going to begin to look like the kingdom of God because we are going to take it. We're going to put our flags in every place that we go to and begin to advance the kingdom everywhere we go. Stay in this book and it will be a guide for you continually of what the kingdom of God is like, what it looks like. Get to know Jesus and you will know his kingdom and allow him to work through you. Some of you are going to like, just be like those radical evangelists who run with the flag and you're like, do you know Jesus? You know, and you're just going to start like planting flags everywhere, going for it. And some of you are just going to like advance the kingdom in this really amazing, quiet teacher way where you walk in and you release peace in a room and everybody's like, what just happened? See, cause the other thing is we all get to advance the kingdom in the way we were created. There is not one way to do this. Every single one of you has gifts and callings and personalities. And some of you are introverted and some of you are extroverted and God will advance his kingdom using you the exact way that you were created. Not everyone is going to be on the street corner preaching a sermon loud and bold, but every single person is called to advance the kingdom of God. So what is that going to look like for you? I want you to stand up. I want to just kind of commission you. I want, I want your heart to be stirred this morning. What, what will it look like for you to advance the kingdom? Where in your life? Is it your workplace? Is it your home? Is it your own heart? Is it your family? Is it your school? Where are you seeing the kingdom of darkness raise its ugly head? That's the territory that you can go for. You can take peace. You can take joy. You can take life. You can take healing. What is that going to look like for you? I'm going to pray for us. And I also just, I just want the reminder to burn in our hearts, maybe to just be yielded to the fire of God, to his presence, to allow him access to our homes and our hearts and our gatherings. Father, we love you. I just speak to every heart right now and I say, come alive at the life that comes from the gospel. Thank you, God, that the resurrected king 
is resurrecting me and every heart in this room. God, thank you that you've already released victory and that we get to just take keys and authority and go from that place with victory. Lord, teach us what it looks like to advance your kingdom. We just want to take you everywhere. And so we'll start by just taking you in our hearts. God, we won't compartmentalize your presence. We give you permission, God, or I do, to come and radically transform us, heal us. Get rid of things that don't belong, mindsets, ways of thinking, addiction, whatever it is, God. Do a work in us. Lord, we repent if we have been people who have neglected to tend to the fire of God in our homes or in our gatherings with other people. And Lord, we just invite you once again to burn bright among us. And while sometimes having the fire of God and yielding to that can be a little painful on our flesh, Lord, let us be people who will press into that because we understand the implications for your kingdom and our future and the spirit realm. Lord, let us be people who become more and more healthy, healthy people in healthy relationships, living in healthy homes and taking Jesus everywhere. We will go. Begin to give us strategy for what that looks like and a little bit of boldness to God to walk in our authority and our true identity. In Jesus' name, amen.